It's time, time again, for another Extra Bases with Bristol and Booth. Jason Bristol, Jeremy Booth. Jeremy, right out of the gates, Lance McCullers reportedly agreeing to a new contract extension. Reportedly, five years, $85 million, which that's $17 million a year. That's your AAV. Good deal for the Astros, good deal for McCullers, good deal for both. Good deal for both. I mean, you know, Lance McCullers said he wanted to stay here, right? He, he made it very clear he wanted to get something done. Um, you know, delivery with him is always a concern. The effectiveness when he's on is not the uh, what he brings to the clubhouse, the energy to the city. Um, you know, his his we'll call it a hometown. I don't call it a hometown discount necessarily, but not want to test the free agent market. You know, Lance gets paid. He feels happy. The club gets a deal they're comfortable with. They're happy. Um, he's here for the next five years and um, has a chance to be, you know, be at the front of that rotation, no doubt. Where does that put him, you think, when it comes to ranking starting pitchers by salary? Any guess? Well, I, 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 don't I, have, I have it. I'm looking at it. So well, I, I know you do because that's, that's what you do. But I, I don't know where it would put him numerically. What I do know is that for value, I like the deal. So when Tampa Bay signed Blake Snell a couple of years ago, and it was like, wow, look at that contract versus what uh, other guys were getting in the league in that time. I like this deal for, for both clubs. I think this is a very fair deal. And when fairness happens, I think it's a pretty good deal for both sides. So as far as value, I think it's up at the top. As far as the actual dollars, I don't know. You tell me. It would put him in the top 20 in Major League Baseball for starting pitchers based on spottrack.com. So Nathan Avaldi right now is at 17 million. He's number 20. Dallas Keuchel, 18 million, and ahead of Dallas Keuchel at number 19, tied for 17th. Gosman and Stroman both at 18.9 million. I think they're probably banking on him being the ace of this staff once this current window closes. Is would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I mean, I'd have you got to figure Verlander's gone. You have to figure. Um, you know, you hoped for more from Whitley by now, but that's obviously taken a, a, a bunch of detours. Um, you know, Charlie Morton, obviously, is no longer here now for the last several years, didn't come back. So you start going down the options that they've had, even Keiko, former Astro, and what they've had out of the system. He needs to be at the front of that rotation. He's earned it. It's his time. Um, he, he's familiar with all kinds of positive and negative energy that's flowed through this ball club uh, for the last seven years or so. So he needs to be here. Um, I think this is the right time for him to step to the front. And I think it's a good deal from a PR perspective as well, because right now Houston is so used to seeing some of its favorite players leaving George Springer, James Harden, to an extent, of course, JJ Watt tops them all. Deandre Hopkins, Lance McCullers, while his career, I think you would say it's been up and down. He's shown flashes of brilliance. Unfortunately, he's also been injured at times. But from a pure PR perspective, Houston loves Lance McCullers. It's obvious Lance McCullers loves Houston. So, yeah, I think it's a good deal for both sides. I think when you look at where he stacks up um, and where this team is and the tra transition that's coming, because it's coming. It's coming. I mean, listen, they don't have a number one in their system. I don't think, I mean, it's not Forrest Whitley. They don't have a lot of frontline anything in their system. So the more they can do to lock these guys up, keeps their window open to be competitive um, and, and take more runs at the plate or trophy, right? 
Um, Lance McCullers is well, he's 2012 draft. Tim and Correa were the same draft. So I think that's 2012. So that makes him 27, top of my head, 27, 28 in that range. So um, if he's if he is that uh, in that type of age range with his history, with what he's been able to do in the big leagues, even with the with the injury, five years takes him into 33 ish, 32, 30 to 34 range. Um, that's going to be his prime. That's the right type of contract for that, especially when compared to the other guys. I was shocked at some of the guys ahead of him, salary-wise, when you look at them. Guys like, oh, Madison Bumgarner at $19 million. It's hard to believe Madison Bumgarner's 31 years old. Like, he seems much older, right? He's Yeah, 31. He's had a lot of mileage, you know? Johnny Cueto makes 21 million this year. He's 35. Then you're in the Zach Wheelers, Patrick Corbins, Chris Sales. Then you get, you know, you're getting into the upper echelon, but he falls in that Stroman, Keichel, Avaldi, Danny Duffy's a $15.5 million a year guy, Aaron Nola, Tanner Roark at 12 million. So, I mean, Blake Snell's at 11.1, which in many ways, looks like a bargain to me. But that's what I was. That's what I was talking about. I would put McCullers ahead of um, ahead of Gosman, ahead of Stroman, too. Frankly, ahead of Stroman, really. I would, yeah, because for a lot of reasons, not just what he does on the field. And it's nothing against Marcus. Just I, I would put him ahead of Marcus Stroman, um, in in where my head's at. So if, if McCullers is twenty-ish and and Stroman's right ahead of him, you could easily flip them. You know, Lance McCullers belongs in the top fifteen to twenty pitchers in the league he's not a top 10 guy he's not a, maybe even 10 to 15 guy but yeah you know somewhere in that range if you paid him you wouldn't argue and, and that's where he's gonna fit it's he's, you know let's, let's be honest 85 million dollars is a lot of money right so it's not like he's ever going to be, be hurting for cash after this as long as he's smart with what he does so you know it's a good deal for him he gets what he wants club gets what they want what they want it fits in the right range um yeah excellent deal for both sides i'm curious how much dad made during his career um, I would say not that. I'm, yeah, no, I'm looking it up right now. Wow. Dad made uh, 1.4 million according to baseballreference.com. Lance made two and a half when he signed. Yep. Different so, era, obviously. Different era. Sure. Another big story dropping just a few minutes ago here on Wednesday. Carlos Correa. Astros offered him about $120 million for six years, and no surprise, according to John Heyman, there is uh, no traction at this point. Your instant reaction to $120 million over six years for Carlos Correa, what does that signify to you? First of all, it's a lot of money. Again, it is a lot of money. Second of all, it's, it's a respect offer. It's the Astros saying, we respect you. Um, this is where we see it right now. Um, we'd like to keep you here long-term, um, but the injury history, the overall production is what we see. Correa, however, on his side, and, and again, no surprise based on Heyman's tweet, he's not going to accept that. He's going to want to pass Altuve. Where's Altuve? 25? 29 like million this year. 29. So Correa is going to see himself as somebody who can, can pass. He will never say that to you publicly. He's not going to disrespect Jose Altuve, which, you know, frankly, it's, it's to me, they're different players entirely, but he would – He's going to look at himself as I'm a shortstop. I can stay here. I was the first pick in the draft. I've been in the big leagues. 
um, for a long period of time. I've hit some home runs now. Sure, I've had injury history, but you know, I want more than that. So he's going to want 10 million, 10 million more a year. Um, if he got 30 million right now, we'd take it. I wouldn't pay him that. I don't think anybody in baseball pays him that. Um, you know, he's going to likely play it out and try to test free agency. Um, and we'll see what happens at the end of the year. And I think when we talked about this last time, I have to go back. I mean, we talked about that Correa, you know, was going to get done early for a reasonable number. or was going to go out and test it and, and see what happens with what that means. It's not going to be a huge pay right now. It's going to be, this is reasonable. If you don't want it, okay, fine. Let's go see what happens later. Um, if he stays on the field and he goes and hits 35 home runs and hits 290 and drives in a bunch of runs and wins a gold glove or defensive metrics check out. Yeah, he might go get 30 million. I doubt it, but he might. If he wants to stay in Houston, which is where he's the most respected, which is where he's the most loved by the fans, which is where he's grown up. Um, and we talked about multiple times now, step to the front and become more of a leader. If that's what he wants to do, I come back with something that was closer to the 25 range. And I talk about staying in Astro. With nine days until opening day, roughly, can you make up five to $10 million in negotiations? Can you, can you come together when I would imagine the sides are a little bit farther apart than Carlos, I imagine, would want them to be? Well, we don't know if Carlos Correa's camp has made a, a counteroffer. That we don't know. We do know is that this is what the Astros have put forth towards, towards you know, keeping him here. With that said, counteroffers always come back, right? So if I, if I say, Jason, I want, you know, six years at 20 each, you're going to say, well, I, I see myself at seven or eight years at 30. Now, if you're talking about that, that's, that's a $120 million gap. And then no, nothing's going to get done. But if you're a Korea and you say, all right, I'm 20, again, 27, all right, 27 years old. I'm 27 years old. This keeps me here through the time I'm 33. That's a reasonable contract. I want to go ahead and I want to sign that, but I don't want it at 20 million. I think I'm worth 30. Well, then you're talking about being 60 million apart. And then you start negotiating down from there. You might land in the middle at 25, 26, something like that. The Astros would probably do something close to that. That's five or six million more per year. They keep the player. They're betting on the production. Maybe they front load it. Maybe they don't, you know, maybe they uh, put Tyson into incentives. There's a million different ways to get creative to get into his number. But the biggest concern with Correa is going to be staying on the field and, and how he's going to produce his shortstop long-term past age 30. So Carlos Correa is 26 and turns 27 in September. So that's actually big for him because, you know, if he does sign a six-year deal, he's back on the market at 32, which Certainly the game has changed, but that doesn't mean that he's totally out of the ballpark when it comes to getting another deal. If I'm, if I'm him, I come back at seven and 30 per, I'm saying, you know what? I'm 26. I got this whole year at 26 years old. I'm going to come back and I want 210 million over seven. And the Astros probably have something to work with. Maybe it's the extra year. Maybe it's 5 million extra per year that gives them, you know, 25. So what's that? 175 million. So they get kind of close to that. And that's a gigantic contract. And that might be a little bit rich. So again, you get creative, but if they, if the two sides really want to do it, the Astros have put out where they're starting. They're comfortable. Correa has to come back with where he's comfortable, where you get kind of crazy is I want 10 years. I want 300 million. I want, that's not going to happen for him. Um, we've got Harper on that contract. We've got a Tatis on that contract. We've got Machado on that contract. Um, We've got Trout on those contracts. He is not those players. And Carlos is going to, it, where, where he's going to be in trouble is if he evaluates himself as being in that level of player. 
that's not even the same universe. And it's nothing against him because, man, he is to do what he's done is really impressive. He's an exceptional talent. And like we got to gotta remember, we talk about these guys and, and they get they get kind of sensitive and they understand why, because you're nitpicking. I mean, we're talking about a major league shortstop who was the first pick in the draft who's already hit 25 home runs in the big leagues and won a World Series. What are we picking about, right? I mean, it's, it's, the guy's a pretty good player. So if you're, if you're talking about that, you keep that, and then you realize the microscope you're looking at is a big league level. And with all he's accomplished, there's still a lot further to go. Now, this is hey, we haven't discussed this because we're not San Diego, but let's talk about Fernando Tatis for two seconds, okay? I understand the Padres and what they were trying to do. I, I get it. Um, man, I can't see anybody else doing anything close to that. There's a lot that can happen in the next decade and a half. All right. Um, I haven't dove, dove into the contract. It's not for me to look at 14 years. I mean, he just went down with like some kind of a tweak yesterday. Right. And they were freaking out. Oh, maybe he's back 14 years off what a year and a half of production because 60 games last year, a little bit the year before. Is that right? But you could argue that San Diego is typically not a destination spot for free agents. And this way you're telling not only the organization, the rest of baseball, you're telling your fans, listen, um, this is your guy. We developed him although he wasn't originally signed there i know but i think you're sending a message we're serious about this and i mean if he's on the open market two three four years from now there's a chance that they could not afford a fernando tatis yeah 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 but i you know what i mean i'm still rolling the dice with that if it's me i'm not doing 14 years i mean i'm i'm finding a way to make that work without committing you know, three GMs down the line. Like I'm not, look, John Daniels, well, John, again, this is how baseball works. So John Daniels, well, he's done in Texas and haven't stayed there this long and Antonetti in Cleveland, um, you know, and, you know, Tampa Bay is a different situation because they're very, very, very much homegrown, you know, come in at your level, work your way up. But, um, and Cleveland's similar to that too. What those guys are doing longevity wise is rare. You know, if you go around the league, you got Brian Cashman, okay. Probably longest tenure GM as there is. Daniels can't far be far behind him. All right. Then you've got Neander who took over for Friedman. So that's about, it's the same length of time, right? You've got um, uh, Antonetti who's been in Cleveland seemingly forever who, who replaced Shapiro. But if you think about it, that's really not all that long. Shapiro's been in Toronto, what, five years, six years. So that's really not all that long. So you have five or six years there. You have five or six years in, in Tampa. And these are guys that ascended from working their way through the organization. Okay. Cashman and Daniels are the two outliers. So just based on history, AJ Preller just gave a billion dollars is what it feels like over 14 years to somebody he may not see the next three years of. And from an organizational standpoint, I guess you can say, man, I anchored myself to this. I left this for the organization, but he's given out some money. He's got Hosmer. He, I think he, Will Myers was him too. He's got Machado and he's got Tatis. And that's just off the top of my head. And while I'm not going to criticize what somebody's doing for that market, San Diego is the seventh largest city in the country, something like that. Great city, uh, two hours from where I grew up. My dad lives in Carlsbad. I mean, it's beautiful. And those fans deserve a winner. Like they just really do. And so I commend them for trying to win. What it does for guys like Correa 
is it gives them a false sense of what's really out there. Because then Correa turns around and goes, well, shoot, this guy's got 90 games in the big leagues or whatever he's got. And he's got, you know, they gave him Mars. Like they signed him and gave him planet on Mars when the space shuttle gets there. You know, I want, what, six and 120? What am I, chopped liver? It skews the, 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 the perspective. You know, Bauer and Anaheim or in, uh, Los Angeles, right? Um, four, what, 40 million a year times three. Those are really one-year contracts. That's all they are. And after two, it's a mutual opt-out, right? So Bauer's got the first year. He can opt back in, take the second year. If I'm Bauer, man, I'm taking my 80-plus million in two years, and I'm throwing up the peace sign. I'm doing it again because the first two years are guaranteed. And for the Dodgers, well, again, that's a – man, it's just it's just, it's a ridiculous amount of money. At least it's over two years when you think he's going to be your number three. So there's a whole different – realm than what I think Correa is seeing out there versus what's reality and tying that to McCullers I think what Lance did was fairly read the market knew where he wanted to be understood his value locked up those prime years and set himself for life instead of arguing over what really you're talking about monopoly money at that point right so we'll see where Correa fits but I, I think he's going to have a pretty inflated value of where he fits based on those contracts and, and who knows what he's actually going to do and I'm not sure if Lance would have gotten more than that on the open market Certainly a, a good year this year would raise the value, but I'm not sure he would have gotten more than that. No, I don't disagree. I think that's right. That's the right contract. This came in the mail, the uh, Sports Illustrated baseball preview issue. Hey, New Balance athlete Francisco Lindor. Oh, look at that. Not wearing New Balance, though. He's, it's a major league cover with the hat. Yeah. Um, what I thought was interesting was one, one of my favorite segments or parts of the baseball preview issue was not in there, which is typically the, um, the, uh, view from behind enemy lines. When we get to read what the opposing scouts say, yep. um, that's not in here this year. Maybe it's online. I haven't checked, but also the predictions, in the American League West, they have the Angels winning 90 games and beating the Astros by two. And the Astros not making the playoffs. I have 80, I think 88, 89 wins is a good number for the Astros, but I, I think that would be enough to win the division. I think the Astros would still win the division. I mean, I just say it now. I, I pick them to win the division. I don't think it's anywhere near like they've run away the last several years at different times, but I think they won the division. Um, I think the Angels are going to be better. I think, um, you know, Otani being back and, and, and uh, you know, a full year of Rendon and the Angels be able to feed off that Southern California and, and Mike Trout being motivated like he is. And some of the additions they've made have, have been smart additions, right? Um, I think they're going to win. I don't think they're going to win 90 games, though. I think that's a little bit much. Um, Seattle is still a year away, maybe two. Um, so they're not much of a threat. And we all know where Texas stands. And Oakland, they have third, four games behind, 86 wins. Uh, they have the Yankees beating the Blue Jays and Rays in the East, White Sox, Twins, and Cleveland. They write Cleveland and not the uh, nickname, by the way, in the AL Central. Uh, in the East, it's interesting. They put the Braves, Mets, Nationals, Cardinals, Brewers, Cubs in the NL Central, and then the Dodgers, Padres, and Giants in the National League West. They have the uh, World Series being the Braves over the Yankees, so... That uh, that team that's probably 
as a higher value than the gross national product of what two thirds of the world does not win the world series. It would be the uh, Dodgers over the Mets in the NL division series. And then the Braves over the Dodgers in the NLCS MVP predictions, Mike Trout, Ronald Acuna, uh, Acuna Jr. Cy Young, Garrett Cole, Walker Bueller, rookie of the year predictions, Randy Arozarena. Okay. National League, you'll like this one. Key Brian Hayes. Oh, I love that. Good for Key. Um, working backwards with that, Jay, um, all their predictions on the individual players, you can't argue with any of them. Those, those all could fit, easily happen. They can make sense. Garrett Cole's Garrett Cole. Randy Rosarena really announced himself on the postseason stage. Um, you know, Walker Bueller's Walker Bueller. Trout's Trout. I mean, what do you say? Like, okay, congratulations. You picked out some of the best players in baseball. Right. Acuna, uh, 81 homers, 61 steals, two sil silver sluggers. Trout is the only player to reach those marks by uh, the 23rd birthday. Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, pick all those guys. I have some raised eyebrows, if you will, some of their divisional predictions, though. So yeah. we've, we've never really done this. I think we did this a couple of years ago, but, we, you know, let's, I'll let's, give you mine. Well, no, 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 no. Let's hold that for another one. All right, let's hold that for another one. I think we have done that, but let's hold that. Let's hold that for another one. All right, we'll hold it for another one. We'll hold that for another one. I'll say that. But they, they do say the Angels in spring training's first week, Shohei Otani threw 100 miles an hour and hit a 468-foot homer. Can he do it all year? Uh, the Astros losing center fielder George Springer will sting, but the Astros are still well the Astros. <laughs> I don't know. Astros make the playoffs and, and win the division. That's my pick. Hey, what do you think of uh, what's going on with Deshaun Watson? I mean, being a former professional athlete, um, I'm 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 shocked as a non-professional former athlete, based on everything we know about Deshaun and and our my limited interactions with him. Uh, what what's been your uh, general reaction? As so, speaking as a professional athlete, but also somebody who's been in professional sports um, for two decades, and somebody who uh, I guess technically over two decades, but we'll just call it two decades. And then when you look back at um, how I grew up watching that lifestyle from basically the time I could breathe, um, I would say this, and it, this has to be said, it's going to sound like a disclaimer, but it's the truth. Any allegation of sexual assault has to be investigated and taken seriously to the fullest extent possible. Okay. Um, they both deserve the right to be heard. Um, the accuser deserves the right to have their claims investigated. And the accused deserves the right to quite literally, in this case, have their day in court. They deserve the right to, to defend themselves. Um, if anybody's out there thinking that professional athletes don't have, let's say, an enhanced selection of opportunity, okay, um, to find romantic partnership, then they're fooling themselves. They're human beings. They're in different cities all the time. It is not the easiest life in professional sports on any level to function in a marriage, to function in a relationship. Um, you travel constantly. You're in different cities all the time. Your priority is you and your career because everybody else wants to do it. Um, and it's very easy to get caught up in yourself. So being single 
if you look at even a Derek Jeter, not to even put him close to this type of situation, but he didn't get married and have a child till he was done. Okay. Because that was his focus. That was his life. Um, Deshaun Watson to this point has had exceptional character. No one's questioned it. No one's challenged it. Any mention of it um, was, was met with, with loud uh, displeasure. It's just no chance. Okay. Here's where I'm at. Um, this seems to me like a circus. That I'll say. When people sue people, you get served with paperwork first. You don't go to social media and start announcing it that way. That to me shows a lack of, at the very least, professionalism and courtesy to the people that are involved in this. If this is that, if this is that sensitive a situation, and we just said sexual assault has to be treated as such a, a, a such a a kid gloves thorough investment. Everything that you can think of to make sure this is handled properly has to happen. Going to social media to announce it. That's the opposite of what that means. The guy hadn't even been served yet and no paperwork had been filed. We're announcing on social media that we have a lawsuit. Um, the, you know, Deshaun Watson's choice of masseuses. I don't know if that masseuses is a word. Is that a word? Choices of masseuse. Massage therapists. Okay. Choices of massage therapists. That would be licensed massage therapists. There's a big difference, I would imagine. Or there is. I shouldn't say I imagine. There is. Choices of licensed massage therapists. Um, and not all these women, we don't know if all these women are or aren't. I don't, I don't believe, I didn't believe some may be and some may not be, but anyways. Yeah. So, I mean, just, let's just, let's just go with what we do know about these massage, licensed massage therapists. If we don't know if they are licensed massage therapists though, right. that's my, that's my point. The, how, about this? how about this? Use the, the word, the accusers. Um, his, okay, the accusers seem to be, seem to be some type of massage professional, okay? Um, and with that, if he wants to go through 75 of them, while it might be a little strange to you and I, it's his choice. If I had to guess, it sounds like he had some relationships with some of them that didn't work for one reason or another, and he changed them. The only reason to change massage therapists that many times is if something ain't going right, right? If you have somebody that works on you pretty well, you go back. That's hey, what I'm struck me, Jeremy, because to me, and I don't mean to interrupt, but like I always felt as especially a professional athlete who doesn't want his business or has a lack of trust initially with people and having that type of relationship professional business relationship, whether it's handling your taxes or just handling regular day-to-day -day affairs, right. cutting your hair, there is this need for privacy. And my guess is if you have someone that you like and they are doing the job for you, you, you stay with them. So to have that type of, um, to that point, to have multiple massage professionals of some kind, um, that you go through doesn't lends to the ending of relationships with the previous one. And if that's what happened and we have both sides now saying there was some kind of romantic one side, one side says it, you know, it was unwanted. The other side says it's consensual. Then you can tell that, that, you know, romantic relations was why those severed off. Now, 
Um, the other th part of this that really concerns me is if there is proof of somebody making a financial demand before going public with this, that is without question blackmail. Okay. You just, if you are sexually assaulted and you feel like you want to go after him for it or file criminal charges, whatever the process is, and I don't know because thankfully I haven't been through this, but if that's what the process is, you don't call somebody and say, hey, yeah, you know, for 30 grand, I'll make it go away. And there's an old movie, there's a movie called Friday. You remember Friday? Okay. And there's a character called Ezel. And from, I'm from an LA, that's a cult, a cult classic. So, you know, he's in the store and he's walking around and he kind of slips on, he falls on his back and he goes, oh, my neck and my back. I need to see a doctor. I need a medic. But I'll settle right now for 20 bucks. You just, that's not like, you don't do it that way. You know, and, I'm, and, and look, I'm not minimizing what they say. What I would say is that being in the spotlight like that, all of us puts us at, a, at any level if a spotlight puts you at a higher risk of somebody saying things against you that are unfounded. And it puts you at a more a bigger access point for more people because people are watching you. I always will have a hard time with people in that position with all the options in the world to do whatever they want to do to now forcibly put themselves onto somebody and say, hey, you have to do this because I'm paying you for that's not how this works. That that first and foremost, being a, a, a massage professional is not prostitution. It's being a massage professional. So for so if Deshaun Watson behaved that way, and I'll, I'll say this as clear as I can, he's the dumbest human being I've heard of in quite some time. He doesn't strike me as stupid. Okay, so I'm not saying it's true. I'm not saying. Hey, it's hey what's that beeping noise? By the way, is that you? No, that's people consistently emailing me. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay? It's absolutely bananas. Drive me nuts. No, I agree. Like at the very least, at the very least, Deshaun is guilty of putting himself in some really bad situations. At the very least. But I got a hard time believing that with all the, the women out there that would love to be with Deshaun Watson, that would make themselves available to him for any number of reasons, some pure, some not, that he would have to go to massage therapists and or massage professionals and force them. Now, doesn't mean it didn't happen. Just saying, there's some inconsistencies there that don't add up because the access point is so easy. I do find the timing of this odd, and the timing is odd that he goes to the Texans and essentially demands a trade and says he wants to leave. Reportedly, yes. And this, and this comes out. I think that's really weird. Where was this six months ago? Where was this nine months ago? Tony Busby has, has, has uh, the attorney for the accused, accusers, has... Uh, what Tony Johnny Manziel tweets that's his buddy urging Cal McNair his neighbor to go put this stuff out there just something doesn't smell right here and I'm not sure where it is it's either on the accuser side it's on Deshaun Watson side this whole thing is bananas the reality of the situation is Deshaun Watson put himself in a horrible position it's coming out now if it's true then he has a lot more things to do to get himself right besides play football if it's not true then I'm curious to see what happens on that side of it. I, for one, am withholding any kind of judgment because of the three inconsistencies we've already identified here. And Sean Watson's camp says they have some, some proof on at least one. I'm interested to see what that is. So I guess I probably shouldn't have asked you what your reaction was if you're holding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you know, you go through this. I mean, every, every decision you make, Jason, you've got 700 Emmys. Like every decision you make, 
is, is one that has to be you're, calculated. You're, yeah, you're a public figure, like you're in the spotlight. You can't just put yourself out there. So for Deshaun Watson to do that, um, doesn't make any sense. All right. Guess what? We got jobs to do, lives to live. Make sure to uh, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a comment. Any questions you want, we'll do our darndest to answer them. Absolutely. All right, Jeremy. Thanks for being, being you. Thanks for being you. As always, you too, bro. All right. Take care, everybody.